Welcome to our weekly podcast of Womankind Collective with me, Lou Hawkins Thompson, and me, Jinty Sheeran. We will talk all things woman, so get the kettle on and settle in for a chat and probably a lot of laughter along the way. This week, we have seen the Queen becoming the first ever monarch to celebrate a platinum jubilee after 70 years of service. Whether you are a royalist or not, you will enjoy this week's episode as we take a look at what was happening in women's lives in the UK 70 years ago compared with now. We also have a little jubilee quiz, so have your pen and paper ready. Uh, Lou and I have been to the theatre and what we saw revealed some shocking statistics, didn't it, Lou? And truths about sexual assault and conviction so we'll be taking a little look at those. In the book collective, we discuss up to chapter three in book two of The Red Tent by Anita Diamant. We have a new foodie collective theme to announce, so hang on for that. And we will um, see how we have been getting on with our walking WI. Um, how's your week been, Lou? It's been good. A little it's bit been quieter? A little bit quieter good. this week, thank goodness. But I just wanted to talk about something that just caught my eye this week. Um, and it was all to do with dildos. Oh, dildos. Tell yeah, me and, more. And, and I want to just thank Kelly Barnes for sending me over this. So then I went deeper, went down a ooh, rabbit hole. Ooh, of deeper dil- with a dildo. I went deeper. I went around down a rabbit hole with my dildos. <laughs> Talking of rabbits. Yes, exactly. So, dildo. So I've got a little bit of travel advice for anyone traveling. With a dildo. Yes. Mm. So, sex to- I just wanted to make me, me all aware that sex toys are banned in the following countries. And you could be fined or prosecuted and have your dildo confiscated. Ooh. So, the countries where not to take one's dildos are Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates... Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, and India. But most shockingly of all, in Texas, it is illegal to own more than six dildos, but you can carry a handgun without any training, which leads me on to the uh, Texas shootings. Mm. Um, Those children, teachers, and I want to just bring to your attention one amazing mum. Angeli Rose Gomez. So her two children were in um, the second and third grade of the Rob Elementary School. And police at the present are being criticised actually for their handling of the tragedy. Well, they didn't go in, did they? They didn't go in. No. So Angeli drove 40 miles from her workplace when she knew this was happening back to the school um, because she went to the officers and pleaded with them to go in, they did nothing. They handcuffed her. Oh, God. Okay. So she's in handcuffs. Luckily, one of the police officers she knew, he let her go because obviously she said, I'm not going to cause a scene. She moved away from the crowd of parents, obviously frantic parents and police, and climbed a fence, went into the school, and got out her two children. She knew where the classes wow. were. And actually, when I read this, I actually thought, as a mother, I am not surprised because that is something I would like to think I would have done for my mm. children to get them out. So I just want to have a big shout out to Angeli and just thoughts and 
uh, prayers to go to everyone else that's that's yeah, lost it's, a child. It's just tragic. Um, tra- absolutely tragic. But the ju- 21 people, yeah. 19 children, yeah. two teachers. But the juxtaposition awful. of the laws. It's crazy, isn't it? And obviously Texas now. No more than six dildos. Abortion laws. Hold, yeah, the abortion well. laws. You know, you've got yeah. pro-life in one, ha- in one hand and guns in, a, in another. So there we go. That that was my week. How about yours? Yeah, thank you, Lou. Uh, so on to fashion news, Lou. Now you oh. and I were having a conversation before you went to the palace um, regarding heels, weren't we? And yes. we were saying how, you know, you, I, I can't, personally for me, I've got a thing called Morton's Neuroma to add to my many little bits and bobs. Now, if you don't know what Morton's Neuroma is, it sounds, uh, sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Well, all it is is a thickening of tissue around a nerve in your foot that's been irritated or damaged and it tends to affect um, the joints between the third and the fourth toe around there. So it just means I cannot, I physically cannot wear heels. If I put pressure on it, it's an excruciating pain. Um, so I found some lovely other shoes. You And you get different pain in your feet, don't you? I've got arthritis, yeah, yeah. in my toes. So I can't do that where it bends steep. Yeah. yeah, and the pressure on the, on the toes. Yeah. So you, you found some quite good shoes did. didn't you in really like platformy sandals yeah, so they're not high but they look high because they're platforms yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're called esca shoes now they're really expensive so i'm waiting for the sale but they they look really yep. good well this started me looking lou this week into heels now did you know lou and folks listening that heels were originally only worn by men not surprised men in wigs Many weeks, probably. Yeah, but actually, and they weren't the amazing drag queens either. No, they weren't the drag queens originally. But the Persian cavalry wore inch-high heels. Uh, the trend um, quickly spread to Europe since they showed that the wearer owned and maintained horses because high heels. So in the 10th century, men in Europe adopted choice of heels to make it easier for them to ride their horses. Adding heels to their boots made it an easier easier to stay in their stirrups. So high heels became associated with the upper class Hmm. and then spread them obviously women started wearing it and then did you know Christian Louboutin where did he get his idea for his red soled shoes do you know I don't know they always look glamorious. I'd never be able to wear them because they're killer heels, but they look very glamorious on women. I do. I, John got my husband got me one a pair for my I think it's my fortieth, which I still have, and I can't wear them. But I'm not getting rid of them. They look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that, so the color was inspired by Andy Warhol, according to the New Yorker. Warhol's drawing flowers caught Christian Louboutin's eye and gave him the idea with the aid of an assistant's red nail polish to add the color to the bottom of his shoes Mm. there you go a little bit of fun fact on the shoes there for you Well, we've had some great comments again this week, gents, haven't we? Yeah, we have, Lou. Remember when we mentioned last week it was National Biscuit Day? Well, lots of you got in touch with your favourites. They did. So Kat and Michelle both love love a hobnob, while Sam's favourites are a ginger nut and a custard cream. Well, I'm with you on the custard mm, cream, Sam. I'm with you on the ginger nut, uh, Sam. Lovely Natasha says she loves all biscuits, but she's on a healthy eating fix at the moment. So she's on rice cakes 
clearly not a patch on the biscuits, she says. Whilst Sarah in Cornwall um, goes very posh and she goes to stem ginger with dark chocolate. That is totally posh, sir. It is. Right, and Mrs. Menopause argues the technical definition of the difference between a cake and a biscuit. Cakes dry out as they aged, while biscuits become soggy. However, dunking a Jaffa cake seems like a fabulous biscuity pastime to me. It really is. It's one of your favourite pastimes, Lou, isn't it? Um, And Nick from So This Is Menopause commented about last week's episode with lovely Sam Palmer. Loved this episode. Just listened to it whilst walking the dog. I walked further than planned as I was enjoying the pod and the walk so much. I was so happy when I realised that I'm already ticking some of the walking suggestions made by um, Sam Palmer and you two lovelies. From someone who has felt her sparkle fade I love the finding your sparkle suggestions it's so clear that so many of us have the same ups and downs feeling inspired thank you ladies we do have those same ups and downs don't we we do and as it's our jubilee episode um, we asked you for your links no matter how tenuous to meeting royalty we had some great answers. Yeah, we did. So we'll start with Clareby. Our Clareby, she says, I met the Queen when she came to Exeter when I was about three years old. I handed over some flowers to her. Prince Philip saw I was there to give her the flowers and made her aware of me. Oh, imagine imagine him just nudging her with his elbow. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, Lizzie, look over there. <laughs> uh, and um, Pass Me Coffee on Instagram told us that she met the Queen when I was eight years old. I was right in the front of an airbase meet and greet, waving a Union Jack flag and sporting my huge 90s fringe. Uh, me and Lizzie even made it in the newspaper. The Queen was wearing purple and red and I remember she had red lipstick on her teeth teeth and she sent us a brilliant photo of the same but we can't see the lipstick no, on the teeth which is, a sh- which is a shame I was a bit disappointed we couldn't see that but it's funny what you remember as a kid yeah, isn't it absolutely and Sasha says I have been fortunate to meet the Queen and Prince Philip at Admiralty House and was a guest at the Palace Garden Party and also met Princess Anne um, at Whale Island Portsmouth also oh, been to Sasha. horse competitions where Zara Tyndall has been competing not in the same class, I hasten to add. I think wow. she's almost royalty, Sasha. I think you should wear a crown, Sasha. Wow, indeed. Um, Doctor, Lovely Dr. Zoe. This made us laugh, Lou. Um, uh, Man- um, menopause, no, Manchester Menopause Hive, sorry, told us that apparently Prince Charles went for a wee in the loo at the practice where I did my GP training. I wasn't there at the time, hoping to win the prize for the most tenuous link. I think you do. <laughs> I think she certainly <laughs> has. And Eleanor says... That when I was in high school many years ago, HRH came to open Wood Green Shopping Centre, North London, <laughs> and I was there to cheer. Lovely. And Karen told us that when Peter Phillips was at Exeter University, she saw him play rugby at Exmouth with his RFC. I didn't have a clue who Peter Phillips. Who is Peter Phillips again, Lou? Princess Anne's son. Princess Anne's son. There you go. Yep. Um, and what about us, Lou? Have we got any uh, royal stories? You went to the... I went to the yeah. Palais. And, oh, um... Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and also, I remember when the Queen came to Exeter. Ooh. She came through Exeter. And I was working. I was in a salon in Hevertree, work, working, uh, teaching in there. And, and we were all so excited. We just all ran out with the clients. 
and just shout yeah we just shouted queenie queenie on the street <laughs> as she went on past so that was that was and she just waved she just oh. in, her, in her little car she yeah. just waved away but you've got a great story haven't yeah, you yeah i have so i met i don't know how many years ago um so camilla um is she's the colonel in chief of my husband's uh, regiment that he was in and so we were invited they were unveiling a painting that they were giving her in clarence house so we went along to clarence house which was rather lovely forgot my passport but they let me in anyway didn't know didn't know you needed that to get in um and yeah a couple of things a i laddered my tights in clarence house uh so my tights were in clarence house toilet bin and uh my um beautiful green dress I wore was exactly the same color as the curtains so if you you know you had to look twice to find me because I kind of blended in uh, was it in like something from the sound of music <laughs> yeah it was very much <laughs> was so there, was there a hole in the curtains yeah, where you're taking your um but it dress was out? it was pretty amazing Lou because it was in Clarence house as I said and it was like their, their living room so that you know how everybody has photos of the grandchildren and the which they did, but Aww. their grandchildren and their children just happened to be William and Harry. And Aww, <laughs> it's just really just odd. Lovely. And some amazing um, uh, paintings there. And yeah, so I met uh, Camilla and and Charles who came in. He 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 happened to pop in. He, we didn't think he was going to be there. So that was rather nice. And um, yeah, we all, I've also been lucky enough to have a little chat with the Queen when I we know. went up. And um, the funny thing, so we were chatting to the Queen for a few few seconds and my youngest um who's now 17 I think he was about 11 at the time and a few days later we came home we were sat in the car and he said something about school and the queen and I said oh you can tell them that you've met the queen and he said yes and her lady opals I said oh what's <laughs> what's the queen's lady opals and he looked all embarrassed he said well you you said she had lady opals I said, well, what, what are her lady opals? He said, her, her glasses. You said they were lady opals. Very focal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like our friend noticing the, the, t the lipstick on her yeah. teeth. Oscar was looking up and all he could see was this line on her glasses. And he oh, asked what it was. Opals. So there we are, be forever the queen and her lady opals. So there's our stories. So moving on swiftly, I have a little Jubilee quiz oh. for you, Lou. Uh, okay, so let's see how, how good we all do on these. So number one, what are the names of Prince Charles's five grandchildren? So we've got Lilibet. Yes. We've got Archie. Yes. We've got Louis. Well done. We've got Charlotte. Yes. And we've got... The first the one. The first one. <laughs> the most, well, not the most, well, he is the well, heir. He is. He's an heir apparent, isn't he? And yeah. we've got, no, I, I can't think. George. George, of course it's George. Of course it's George. Um, and so second question. Well done, Lou. That's more than I would have got. Um, what is the royal family's real name? The house of? Was it Windsor? Yes, it is. Hmm. Yeah. Um, number three, what are the Queen's two middle names? Oh, I don't, I, Mary. Yes, that's one of them. I don't know the other. Victoria? No. Alec could have been Alexandra. Okay, she was a Queen as well, I wasn't she? That, yeah. Yeah. Princess Alexandra, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, the next one. Um, 
Who designed Princess Diana's wedding dress? <gasps> the the two of them. Yes. The two of them. And and I can see them. And oh, fuck the menopause. One, the, um, the, one of them's got the same name as the Queen. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah. And David Emmanuel. Yeah, there you Yay, go. Well done, fog, Lily. You're doing fog. so much better the, the, than I would the gels, be doing. The gel's kicking in. <laughs> it is, it is. And the next one. How old was the Queen when she became monarch? I think she, I want to say 23 or 24. Mm, one year out. Go 20, up a little bit. 25. 25. Ah. Well done, well done. Why did the Queen wear green at Prince Philip's memorial service? I don't know. Is it something to do with the Irish guards? Yes, no. I think so. I don't really understand the answer anyway. Um, it was Philip's official livery colour. Okay, What's so livery. Livery is it's, it's nothing to do with his liver, is no, it? No, nothing. I hope his liver won't green. No, I hope so. Um, something to do with the uniform, I imagine. Yeah. Or my husband will kill me. Um, he won't listen. He never does. Okay, the next one, Lou. What is the official platinum jubilee? pudding that is a trifle it is it's a trifle that um, queen mary berry was on yeah, the program with the other yeah. queen would you know what flavor it's saint clements so it's oranges and lemons um with a lemon curd swiss roll a saint clements jam and you amaretti biscuits and yes! white chocolate i know yeah. and cream oh my god God, Lou. I remember my food. Thank God it's this way round, not the other way around. Um, how many <laughs> aircraft will feature in the Platinum Jubilee fly past? I imagine 70. Yes! Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> what is the Queen's favourite flower? Oh, there's a question. I would imagine a rose, if not some sort of peony or aster or... No. Lily of the Valley. Oh, that was my nan's. Was it? She my, was called Lily, wasn't and my she? My nan was called Lily. Oh, yeah, she would have been about the same age as the Queen. Oh, yeah. That's lovely. Okay, last question. Are you ready? What is the colour of the official Platinum Jubilee emblem? Purple. Yeah. <gasps> I what think do I win? Got, what do you I got win? eight out of ten for that. What do I win? Yeah, you win our mum this red pen. You can have that. It's almost <laughs> not out Jaffa of cakes. It. <laughs> Jaffa cakes, I've, oh, they're all gone. <laughs> so I thought it'd be really interesting um, this week to look at life in 1952, some little facts of what was going on for women in 52 and what and compare them to what's going on now, Lou. So um, life for women in 1952, when Elizabeth became queen, was very different. So the average age for to get married in 1952 was 21. Wow. Yet same-sex marriage was way off. Uh, that was, you know, it was still illegal to be homosexual until 1967. So this is the kind of times that uh, we're looking at. In 2022, the average age for marriage for opposite sex couples was 38 for men and 35 for women. For same sex couples, the average age was 40 and 36 respectively. Mm. So massive changes yeah, there, aren't there? Yeah. I mean, that's quite a lot of difference in age, isn't it? Um, anyway, average age for your first child in 1952 was 22. And in, in 2022, it's almost 10 years older at 31. Which you're now called a geriatric mother. 
which I can't believe. That's at 36. Because ah, I was a geriatric That's mother. moved up then. Yeah. Used to be over 30. No, it's 36 now. With uh, I was I was geriatric. It might be 34. But anyway, yeah, I was mm. geriatric with uh, Oscar, which doesn't, you know, it's not particularly nice, is it? <laughs> <laughs> the average woman had 2.2 children and didn't work in 1952. Now, the average woman has 1.92 children and 72% of women work full or part-time. So a lot changed there. Um, if they did work, the average weekly pay was under £5 per week. The majority of women who were charmingly, la- charmingly labelled as economically inactive. Mm. It is now, the average is around £192 per week. Um, women were fantastically unconcerned with waxing in 1952 and shaving. Yet in 2022, 89% of women wax or shave their body hair. Rationing was still in force in 1952. Um, But if we compare that to now, obviously we haven't got rationing, but just this year so far, 2,173 1,073, 158 families have used a food bank. Cost of living crisis now with almost a quarter of women are living in poverty. I'll say that again. A quarter of women are living in poverty today, 2022. Shocking. It is shocking, isn't it? Um, With the rate of inflation and single parent families, which are usually women. Winston Churchill was still PM. I'm not going to compare that to today. There's nothing needs to be said about the state of uh, Pestminster at mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have a television in 1952, um, but the chances are you'd be watching a test card. Um, I don't. I haven't even looked at how many channels. Channels. Do you know there what? Are my my granddad. Sorry to interrupt. My granddad. May he was such a clever man. He made a television. No. And they had it. Yeah. And they watched the coronation. And they had the whole. Stream. Wow. in tiniest tiniest little box yeah he made a television what a clever granddad he was a very clever what man. was his name Lee? he was called ken oh kenneth. good old kenneth wow that's a name that's isn't it? nanny kenneth? that was nanny lily's husband oh lillian ken, ken. Yeah. Oh. Uh, women had who had worked so hard for the war effort had been unceremoniously unceremoniously booted out of their jobs and back into the kitchen so feminism was only just getting started uh, Simone de Beauvoir book I've got somewhere over there had not long published her feminist book The Second Sex which is a must read even now have you read any of that Lou? Nope. Um, so Simone opens the book with I hesitated a long time before writing a book on on women. The subject is irritating, especially for women, as it, and it is not new. Enough ink has flowed over the quarrel about feminism. It is now almost over. <laughs> Let's not talk about it anymore. Yet it is still being talked about, and the volumes of idiocies churned out over the past century do not seem to have clarified the problem. Besides, is there a problem, and what is it? Are there even women? Oh. In 1952, 75% of women were married. Their place was firmly regarded as in the home, a shock to those who had worked during and after the war. Um, Patricia Stanley says it wasn't easy. In 1950, she had given up an office job at the National Coal Board to marry. I was a wife and a full-time mother to three boys under four, and I wanted to be at work. 
She said access to contraception was extremely limited. Men took care of that side of things. She says, that's why I got pregnant so often. Yeah, surprise, surprise. They had no choice. They had hardly no. any choices, did they? In one article I read, a lady called Lillian said, we would go to the pictures, but not with women after they got married. While Patricia says going about going out, uh, going out would have meant that my husband would have had to stay in on his own. There's a sense that men were hapless creatures who should not be allowed to fend for themselves. As Marjorie says, my role was looking after my husband and didn't half eat and he didn't half need looking after. Oh. Wow, dear Marjorie. I'd have bloody let them fend for themselves. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Crack on. We wouldn't be allowed out together now, would we? We'd be we seen shouldn't as... be allowed out together no. anyway. <laughs> no, we shouldn't, but that's for other reasons. <laughs> and lastly, the pop charts were launched in late 52, the singles chart, oh. Lynn. And in comparison to now, in January 2007, the integration of downloaded music charts became complete when all downloads with with or without a physical equivalent became eligible to chart, redefining the UK singles chart by turning it into a songs chart. So that's changed quite a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Just one thing on that as well, when I was looking at my little facts for the Queen, that she's been on the throne for 25,687 days. Wow. I know. It's a lot of days. Yeah, I mean, and... She has gone through 14 prime ministers God. and only two of women are women. I wonder if she's got a favourite. She couldn't say. I think, I I think well, I, th- I think it's going to have to be Winnie. I reckon she'd like Win- liked Winnie, don't yeah, you? Yeah, probably. Winston. She was quite young then as yeah. well, wasn't she? So, yeah. yeah. Good old Queenie. Good old Queenie. And while while there was so many, there was a lot of stuff going on when we were in London, wasn't there? The whole of the mall was shut off. Yeah, it was amazing. It looked beautiful. Lots of flags. A lot of pomp and pageant about to begin. Yeah, yeah. there was. And we got in a cab with a uh, black cab on the way back to Paddington, didn't we? And he was saying, he's obviously been in London all his life. He was a proper East End boy. He was. Never seen the Queen until she went, was it when she went down to open the... She went to open the Elizabeth line that she just felt she wanted to do. And he said, I don't blame her because she didn't want to go to that lot in Westminster a few days before, (laughs) but went and did things that she wanted to yeah he was great wasn't yeah, he? And he and he said he was driving his cab and he just stopped he saw all the police cars and everything wasn't yeah, it? yeah that's right he looked to his left and he said there was the queen sat in a car <laughs> how funny yeah, and he, he said he couldn't wave he didn't know what to do he just <laughs> carried on looking <laughs> oh, that's the queen um but while we were in london lou we went to see um the phenomenal Jodie Comer of Killing Eve fame in the play Prima Facie, which was absolutely amazing. Um, we recommend you go and see it. If you can't get to London, it's only on for another few weeks. But it's sold Lou, out. You, you said, yeah, it's sold out. Yeah. The tickets are like gold dust. Um, you said it's in the cinemas coming into it's cinemas, gonna be, isn't um, it? Yeah, it's going to be live stream from it's the national when they do a live, live streaming in, in local cinemas phenomenal I think was and pure of energy and hard hitting and probably in the cinema you might be allowed out for a wee when we went to see it at the theatre you were allowed out but they weren't letting you back in there was no interval and I don't blame them because you couldn't restart that again no no she must have been exhausted it's a monologue it's just her and she is she must be knackered at the end of that Mm. drained absolutely emotionally drained drained. Um, because as as you said Lewis is a hard-hitting subject basically it's she's a lawyer isn't she and she defends um 
men that have been accused of rape Rape. or sexual abuse and she explains in the beginning about the law really which I didn't I hold my hands up didn't really understand how it kind of worked and how um, her job really isn't to find the truth her job is to make sure the prosecution do their job properly if they don't do their job properly properly they're going to come second and she's going to come first and she was very matter-of-fact wasn't she until she has raped herself and it's just I won't tell you any more because it's it's just an absolutely amazing but this led us to look at some facts and figures it it? did and some shocking facts and figures as well that we found out yeah even in the program it's a most wonderful program programs quite often filled with a load of old shit this is is filled with um some information from the office for national statistics all about rape and rape convictions it's also got uh, a whole page on why do we need the the school's consent project and this is a project where people go into schools and teach our children about consent um now i can't believe schools don't even teach this at the moment so i'm going to be ringing up our big school to to go in and do that um and so let's have a look at some facts lou shall we that they um that they've put in here so i you've been you went down a proper rabbit hole yesterday i did for hours so one of one of the things um it says in this book is the number of sexual offenses recorded in the 12 months to september of this year was 170,973 63,000 of these were rapes which was up 13% from the previous year 41% of rape victims eventually withdraw their support for prosecution almost a third withdraw within the first 3 months of the offence being recorded The median time between offence and completion in rape cases was 1,020 days in the first nine months of 2021. That's a long time. too long. It is, isn't it? Um, That's the equivalent to over two and a half years, and that's 25% increase on 2020. So things are just going from bad to worse, really. Um, The rape prosecution rate fell again with only 1.5%. Three percent of rapes now being mm-hmm. prosecuted—that is minuscule. So, what is rape and what is sexual assault? Yes. So, rape, um, according to the Office for National Statistics, so rape is the penetration of the vagina, anus, or mouth by a penis without consent. Sexual assault—the term is in the Crime Survey for England and Wales—is used to describe all types of sexual offences measured by the survey it includes rape or assault by penetration including attempts and indecent exposure or unwanted sexual touching okay so those, is that the, just in the uk yeah so yeah. that is the de- definition mm. of the two and going back to to your facts and figures as well in february 2022 um, in the uk the minister of justice announced a package worth 40 million to support victims of crime. Now, several parts of these funding are for women and girls affected by sexual violence. 1.3 million to allow victims to access support remotely. 16 million to recruit more independent sexual violence and domestic abuse advisors. And 20.7 million 
for community-based sexual violence and domestic abuse services aiming to lessen the amount of time survivors have to wait for support, which is amazing. Mm. Some of the charities that support these, these women and these girls and these boys feel that the government is still not doing enough for victims of sexual violence and, and bringing cases forth mm. to court and actually what happens in court. Mm. As we know, it can be a very male-dominated arena, yeah. a court, yeah. which, again, is, is not healthy when yeah. you're stood there. Yeah, and, and also they're just bringing something in now in the UK. They've just changed um, something which is is could have should have been a lot stronger um, as in because at the moment the police, um, so say I was raped the, and I reported it, the police could then come to me like they did in with Jodie Comer in Prima, Prima Facie. They, uh, they can ask you for your phone. Yeah. For one thing, um, they can ask you for your doctor's records. They can ask you for um, your counselling records. Um, they can ask you for your school reports, your university reports. I mean, what's that got I to mean, do? What the fuck's that got to got, do with what happened in that moment? Exactly, exactly. And then they have, they have they are bringing in a, a new law which was supposed to kind of make this a lot easier but actually they've just made there's too many variable variables yeah. they, they have said they can still do it but only if they feel it was really relevant well what is really relevant I mean that's up to choice it's it's very very difficult you need guidelines yeah people need guidelines yeah and official guidelines so I, I, when I was looking at a, a little bit more we I found out that almost half 49 percent of um, rape bit victims have been victims more than once of rape and sexual assault more than four in ten 44 percent were victimized by their partner or ex-partner nearly one in ten which is nine percent were victimized on the street in a car park park or another open public space compared with over one third 37 percent in their own home Mm. over half 54 percent said the perpetrator used physical force such as holding them down to make them have sex with them, and 6% said the perpetrator had threatened to kill them. For the year ending March 2020, the Crime Survey for England and Wales estimated that 3.8% of adults aged 16 to 74 years old, that's 1.6 million, had experienced sexual assault by rape or penetration since the age of 16 years old. 7.1% of women and 0.5% for men. <sighs> I just so, so if if we if we go back to 1952, yeah. It was still legal to rape your wife. That I mean it wasn't illegal to rape your wife until 1991. This, you know, blows my mind. It, it's crazy, isn't it? And and I I read um earlier that the the in a survey, um I think it was huge number um I think it was about half of the over 65s it was about 60 something percent it was you're right you're right it was about 60 something percent of over 65s still thought it was perfectly okay to rape your wife there was a film actually Lou you haven't seen but you're going to watch it called The Last Duel I recommend anyone sees with the gorgeous Jodie Comer again (coughs) excuse me set in medieval times in France it's based on a true story 
Again, it's about a really strong woman um, who accuses somebody of rape and all those laws um, come in because women didn't have anything then without, no. their, me- without their men. Um, and so, and also I was looking at in, in 18, it wasn't till 1857, we had this rule of thumb. Now, this is a bit of a myth where, you know, the rule of thumb kind mm-hmm. of saying, um, I think it's a bit of a myth where um, you could beat your wife, but you could only beat them with a stick that was no wider than your thumb that's but I think it's a myth that that's where rule of thumb comes in but but who knows but that law was that law was to be a myth it's still got to be no I say no smoke without fire no no exactly and no fire without smoking it, it wasn't until in 1895 right a curfew of wife beating came in so oh, here it was still okay, okay oh, to hit good. your wife you can still crack on with you it can still but don't do it between the hours of 10 p.m and 7 a.m it's too noisy people are trying to sleep Jeez. you know it's just we're just like dogs weren't we we're yeah. just like dogs i'd just like to just on the back of your information and because just this week in the news spain Spain's um, Congress has outlawed catcalling as part of a raft of legislative changes aimed at boosting women's sexual rights. Now, this comes after, in response to the major feminist protests in 2018, after five men were acquitted of rape and convicted of a lesser charge of sexual assault. So, I'll just talk about this case briefly. It's a Barcelona's court's decision to acquit these five men of gang raping a 14-year-old girl of the charge of sex. And they put it down to sexual assault. The court ruled out rape because the victim was in an unconscious state and the accused had not used violence or intimidation. Oh, that's okay. Didn't need to because she was unconscious, the poor girl. This is a requirement under Spanish law for for charge of sexual assault, which is legally the equivalent of rape. Instead, they were convicted and jailed for the lesser crime of sexual abuse. So this is where this new legislation has has come in. Um, So the left-wing government celebrated the passing of the feminist penal code, uh, but right wing parties um, <laughs> said it reduces men's right to the presumption of innocence and attacks traditional behavior between the sexes, uh, causing a hatred of beauty and, and, and of men. So this is Carla Toscano, an MP for the far right. Uh, Vox Party said that she was sad that the tradition of complimenting women on their looks would be banished from the Spanish streets. Oh, remember that one that went, "Tell me what your name is, and I'll ask you ask for you for Christmas." I mean, that's just fucking corny and awful, isn't it? Do you know that I mean, how did that work? A bit pervy. It's horrible, isn't it? And you it? know what? If that a bloke came up to me and said that, he could he short shaft rip me, fuck off. Yeah. You see, what a ticket are you taking the piss? Carla, love, I think you need to get out a bit yeah. more. She's also, in the past, worn a T-shirt emblazoned with the slogan, hashtag not me too, in a statement of opposition to the um, sexual harassment movement. Um, she was applauded by her fellow Vox MPs as she accused the government of promoting hatred of beauty and... Probably all male, men. but you know, every, each to their own, everyone's got a, a point of view, but Carla, please. Well, gents, talking about laws, mm. I thought we can't not ignore the new latest scandal from Westminster, a.k.a. Pestminster. Yeah. So we have now, there will be, there are actually reports claiming that 
56, this is in the UK, 56 MPs have been reported to Parliament's complaint scheme over accusations of sexual harassment. So this is ongoing at the moment. But at the, but also, when I had a little delve in, mm. obviously this week we had Imran Ahmed Khan, mm. um, the Conservative MP who was found guilty in April of sexually assaulting a 15-year-old boy after plying, plying him with gin at a party. Nice. Yeah, he resigned as an MP um, two weeks later after he was found guilty. I've got a list here. I'm not going to go through all of them because they don't deserve airtime. But there's a list of... Um, 14 MPs, historic MPs, four are Labour and Independent, 10 are Conservative, that have actually um, been done for sexual assault, rape. Um, we've had Neil Parrish looking at mm. tractors, our local, a local MP to us, Conservative. David Warburton, Conservative MP, um, allegations, facing allegations from free women, um, climate this one I was reading it yesterday he's 56 Warburton 56 was accused by one of the women of climbing into bed with her naked Charlie Elphick get this one <coughs> Tory MP again was convicted and jailed in 2020 for sexually assaulting two women he was found guilty on three charges during the trial jurors heard that his first victim had suffered a terrifying episode when he assaulted her then chased her around the home, chanting, I'm a naughty Tory. What a fuckwit. What an absolute dick. Uh, the <clears> list <throat> goes on. I say there's 14 of them. These are the people that we trust, trust that are making our laws. Mm. This is excluding the 56 that are at the moment ongoing. Why is the system broken? Just look what's going on mm. and what, we, what we've got going on. I'm not going to read all their names. No. I, I don't want to actually I, talk about them. But I think it does start. It all goes back to this catcalling like Spain have done. I think if that needs to become more it's serious. Like a, it's like their the God-given right, the isn't it? It all starts with that because they've done that at school, especially a lot of privileged um, schoolboys. Yeah. Um, they've been brought up without girls in 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 yep, these boys only, yeah. Um, and there's all this banter that then carries on through. Look at the Met Police we've had this year. This banter, these WhatsApp groups, yeah. Um, and it's it's none of it's they all because they all do it or not all, but the the, the ones in the groups do it. They think it's okay, yeah. and then it's the ones that carry that on through to actually acting out some of those things yeah. that they talk about. And it's just society's got to change, and we've just got to keep pushing for that, haven't Definitely. we? Definitely, because there are great boys. I mean, I've got I live in a family of boys my daughter's moved out and my boys are absolutely fantastic and so not it's not all no. boys that think like no. this but they tend to shout the bloody loudest absolutely time. especially the old boy network and yeah. going back to that I mean I don't know if you've watched Anatomy of a Scandal on Netflix no um it's about an MP uh, a Tory MP it's, it's mirroring what's going yeah. on at the moment and I think it yeah it's, it's quite hard-hitting yeah um, talking of um, patriarchal society, Lou, um, book. <laughs> You're loving it, aren't you? You've almost finished it. I'm a good halfway through. <laughs> I'm almost to the bit that's falling out of my book now, yeah. which is over, just over halfway. So I've, I'm absolutely loving it. So at the moment, we've got to, they've left Laban. They are, yes. Laban's is, the father. The, the daughter's father. Yeah. 
Um, so they've left Laban. They've gone off with Jacob to find pastures new, to actually go to visit his mum. Have you met his mum yet? No, no, <sighs> we haven't met his mum. No, there's no, a woman. Not in the bit that I was up to. But up up, up to now, I I loved, um, so with Dina has been born. So the the, the, the yes. person that this, the book is all about, eventually um, in book two, it's her story, isn't yep. it? So uh, she was she was born. We had a little chat about that last week. Um, but I loved her story of growing up with all these boys. She's, all she's got is brothers, no sisters. Um, and, and But the, the taunts that she gets from her brothers and cousins and you know and and they start to abuse these younger brothers for for playing with Dina and you know it's it's all peer pressure isn't it yeah it's all kind of you know and then these two boys that she loved playing with the twins decided to actually you know we'd better not play with you because we want to get in we want to get in with the lads yeah so nothing's much changed throughout throughout history (laughs) throughout history it has not changed at all and we found out about Ruti Yes, because I said last week I I didn't like the way you know even the women sort of treated her. They you know, but, but they came round, didn't they? They they, 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 did. they had, I think it was it Leah or was it Zilfa that had the the big talking to them and just said, yeah, because he, he Laban was going to um well had sold her off yeah to as a slave yeah to a trader yeah and this is the mother of his two two of his boys that was a nice bloke he is yeah was so she came to Leah didn't she and pleaded you know begged really can you do something and Leah did and so she just she basically hung on to Leah from I I felt really sorry for Ruti it was almost too late for her wasn't it it was it was she was so broken um and what did you think of Rachel uh, not Rachel um Dina's because Dina found her didn't she yeah she did and she was with Joseph she was she she found her dead and she'd she'd gone off because they were leaving weren't they and she there was a knife there she yeah. killed herself by the side of the road and I loved her sort of honesty because she she found it she found her quite disgusting didn't she yeah. not just because she was dead she just found the whole thing quite yeah disgusting hated herself for it she felt guilty and she knew she should feel guilty because obviously her life was lost. And then she started going down the route of the God's going to punish me because I'm thinking this about Ruti. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 quite, it's quite interesting. I liked also when she was learning to um, spin yes that was quite a lovely story wasn't when it she and, was spinning and yeah she she learned eventually because her mother Leah used to chastise her for not being able to spin she didn't find it didn't come very natural and then Bil, Bilha showed showed her how to do it and and Dina said I learned to love the way that my mind wandered <clears throat> where it would while my hands followed their own course I thought of you with your crochet yeah I, I love it's, it it's a flow isn't it it's, it's a flow a, it's a, it's a, a, a working with your hands yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite lovely. So, I mean, I, I'm well ahead, but I'm absolutely loving it. So we're going to read up. Oh, can I just oh, mention on. one more thing? Sorry go about on. them leaving. Yes. Um, the women are amazing, aren't they? Because they, they know that Laban's not going to let them leave with very much. And the, ah, the women, they, they sew herbs into their hems of their dresses. Yeah. They, they hoard, start hoarding bread. Yeah. Um, they do all these things, don't they? That Over so a clever. period of time. Yeah. So they know, yeah, it's the women. The women kept kept them going. Yeah, well, they, yeah, exactly. No matter how many goats and sheep you take with you, you, no. you, you need your herbs and your spices and, and your uh, bread. Um, can I mention another book I've been reading this week? 
Yes. Bringing it back to menopause. Um, I have um, <clears throat> bought myself a book from 18, that was published in 1882 called Change of Life in Health and Disease by Edward John Tilt. And um, I just want to point out a couple of things. I want to point out how in 1882, uh, there's a lot of things in here that are absolute tosh, but you know, they didn't have what they had now. Um, but I wanted to point out how much they actually knew. They knew quite a lot about menopause. Um, so why have we hardly not, this is 140 years old. So we've gone why have we not hardly, well, we've just stayed the same really. I mean, we might've come on a, a little way with, um, with medical science. Um, but just a couple of things like uh, um, little is known of the anatomical, anatomical, anatomical condition of the ovaries during the dodging time. Have you heard it said? Oh, the no. dodging. So the dodging time is when you have your periods. Right. So that's the time that you're fertile. I don't know why it's called dodging. Maybe somebody could help me with that. Maybe the men have to dodge you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, after cessation from the, the from the ovaries, from smooth and turgid, the ovary becomes shriveled up, so as to resemble a peach stone. I thought that was quite nice. Oh. In 1882, this is menopause, basically. Right. The ovarian influence having reached the ganglionic center, that's the nerve, the nerve center. Mm -hmm. Remember they used to say she suffers with her nerves. Yeah. That's basically <clears throat> the ganglionic center. It affects the brain and the pneumogastric nerves so that at each menstrual epoch, at puberty or at the change of life, the undue influence may be shown in some, some by distressing headaches continued fretfulness, peevishness, and capriciousness, called temper, by a temporary perversion or moral feeling or moral insanity. This is symptoms, in case you hadn't guessed. <laughs> in others, excessive ovarian action is manifested by motiveless, motiveless high spirits or depression, by delirium, then called hysterical, and very frequently there is more or less of what I have termed pseudo-narcotism, in which case the cloud is no longer on the moral instincts but weighs on the mental faculties, which are for a time in a state of, <laughs> you like this, misty haziness, and br the brain feels muddled, memory is faithless, there is an unconquerable desire to sleep during the day, even when the night has been good, the state of ner the nervous system amounting in some cases to coma and lethargy. Having thus briefly sketched the varied phenomena which attend on the successive stages of the reproductive function, I am able to open the investigation of its terminal crisis. That's mm. the menopause in 1882. Oh, no, dear and it's God. not called the menopause. It is called, even though it had been called the menopause by um, the Frenchman by then, it's called the change of life. Uh, well, that's why they got the change from the change. It, the change. So I'll be, I'll be, I'm bringing up little snippets from there, little, little gems Ooh, from there. Oh, I can't wait. So going back to the red tent, we are going to be reading next week up to chapter five, page 175. Join us if you can. Let us know what you think. Um, okay, so we've got a new foodie to announce, haven't we, Lou? So this month's 
foodie is royalty inspired food. It is. So with all the the street parties and things going on this coming week, I know this will go out on Sunday. For Sunday, I am going to make the lemon Swiss roll and amaretti trifle, the recipe that won for the Jubilee. So the Jubilee pudding, 70 years in the baking. Fantastic. Fantastic. So it is, it is, you meant to be making your own Swiss rolls and all that. You're not making your own Swiss rolls, Lou? Fuck that shit. I should You've be got going a knife. <laughs> there is a cheats one, which I will be following quite readily as well. I'm not making my own amaretti biscuits and all of that. No. So I am going to make, yeah, it's the St. Clement's orange and lemon jelly and all that. So it looks really quite refreshing for, for a trifle. Looks lovely. So I should be making that and reporting back. Obviously, you won't. Because you're a vegan, and I am going to see if I can. I'm not making my own Swiss, you know. No, you know, life's too short. Um, But I don't know if you can buy vegan ones. So I'm going to try and, you know, make a kind of version. I'm making this for our family barbecue. Lovely family jubilee barbecue. Mine might look more like just jelly because jelly's vegan. Well, you can get jelly, vegan Vegan jelly. jelly. Um, So mine just might be jelly. Yeah, jelly and vegan cream. Yeah. With a bit of cake, I mean, cake have a slapped bit, on the top. A bit of Swiss roll in mine. So I'll report back and let, let oh, you know yes. next week. So I shall look forward to that, Lou. That'd be lovely. Um, let us know what you're doing um, food-wise for your Jubilee uh, and the likes. Yeah, um, and all your parties and get-togethers. Hopefully yeah. spending some family time. Yeah, because even if you're not celebrating, not everybody's into royalty and the Jubilee, yes. but it's two bank get, holiday, two days bank holiday. Yeah, you might get some time off. So whatever yeah. it is, I hope it's peaceful and restful yeah. for you. Yeah, let us let us know what you're doing. Um, WI, Lou, have you managed... I did a walk yesterday and I was going to do my mindful walk, but mm. I went with my dog, Jack Russell, a Jack Russell Terrier. Nothing freaking mindful about that at all. So I'm going to have to do my mindful one on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I can really only do fun walks with my with my dog at the moment because, you know, she and I can do mindful with my dog because yeah, I have to go old, slow. Yeah, she's older, isn't she? So, yeah, I've done a lovely uh, mindful walk. Um, on my own with the dog which was absolutely lovely um dogs are mindful anyway aren't yeah. they they're very in the moment unless they've got a ball yeah <laughs> mine yeah and um I've also done a fun walk with my husband oh, which was, was rather nice, nice chit chattering away and um so I just need to get the power walk with power walk I'll have to leave my poor 12 year old dog at home because she yeah. ain't into so you, power you've got to walking. do the power I'd be all right power walking with mine because yeah. she'd be taking me so yeah, yeah opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. but there. it's great isn't it it's nice to have you know something else yeah, to think about absolutely um may I ask have you got a quote for us this I week? have and I I found this quote and I had to screenshot it. it was a few weeks ago so I found a quote from Henry Stanley Haskins who lived between 1875 to 1957 he wasn't a huge literary literati he was a stockbroker and a man of letters okay okay What lies behind us and what lies before us are but tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And when we bring what lies within us out into the world, miracles happen. Lovely. I love that. Just dig deep. And that's about mindfulness, really, isn't it? What's about inside? It's not all about other. And that's what we were talking about earlier, actually, wasn't it, with the old Instagram? Yes. so, Very yeah, much so. miracles will happen when you 
bring out that what guy. Lies. Who's he called? Henry. Henry Stanley Haskins. Good old Henry Haskins. Never heard of him before. No. Just found the quote and yeah. loved it. Yeah. But he's almost HRH, isn't he? His middle name was Ranley, not yes. Stanley. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a shame because it would have fed in nicely to our uh, royalty. Yes, no, James. No, I'm going to call him Henry Henry Ranley Haskins. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. I I love uh, that. What a good week. Yeah. Enjoy whatever you're doing, and we hope your tea's not gone cold, and that you'll join us next Sunday for the collective. We would love you to subscribe, favorite, and review our podcast. It really does help spread the word. Please head over to our Instagram page, Womankind Collective, to leave comments or DM us with your thoughts or watch us and our guests on our Womankind Collective YouTube channel. And lastly, you will find all the links, recipes, guest details and our hashtag Where's My Clinic Camp petition from Menopause Clinic in Devon on the podcast show notes. Lovely. Yep. Have a great Sunday and uh, we're going to have a cup of tea and a Jaffa cake. Oh, let me get down M&S and find yeah. me Swiss rolls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.